My name is Ryan Dennison, and I am from Gallup, New Mexico. I live in Fort Wingate, and um, I am, I guess, identify as an artist, a musician, um, I identify as a brother, a son, um, a teacher, and um, a friend. And yeah, I, I guess uh, it's, it's not really looking at it as I wear these different hats, but it's just I'm I'm just one person and I can do so many things where it's really transformative. And that's the work that I do with um, my community, my friends and family, so that I transform energy and thoughts and ideas and their intentions. And and just like our work together um, is transformative, like um, I think it's a, it's a way for us to, to continue each day with like a, a good good intentions and a good mindset. And that's a lot, a lot of like hard work. So um, that's how I, I like to see things. Mm. And, and do you identify as an artist when people ask you, what do you do? How do you answer? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I do, do just like, um, just answered, you know, it's just straightforward. Like, yeah, uh, I'm an artist, and um, for some reason, I'm I'm really modest, and I don't really like to to put myself on on that pedestal of an artist. But um, I think it's it's just like being human, you know. Like we we create things, and sometimes having a label kind of puts uh, limits on us. So if if somebody wants to identify me as an artist or a label like that, then it's it's okay, like, no um, hard feelings or something. But, um, yeah, that's, like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> and what mediums do you do you work with? What, um, how do you describe your, um, your practice? Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> have no idea. It's so crazy. Um, I don't know. Um, my One of my friends was just... Um, I think he gave me this 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 way to describe the work that I do. So he's a like transdisciplinary artist. So most of my medium is is like painting and music making and uh, um, costume making, some video media art, and um, yeah, it's. It's kind of whatever medium that I feel interested in, um, then I, I feel attraction to. Like I, I try to 
to to mold something out of it that um, that really uh, has this I guess relationship with me and how I want to start a dialogue or a conversation. And yeah, I, I think that's that's people know me as as a as a music maker and um, some some paintings and um, and some writing too. So that's that's what I like. Did you grow up in a in a family that kind of um, pushed you or allowed you space to be a creative thinker, or was it kind of kind of your secret space, kind of your special thing that you you allowed yourself? Um, I think that's um, where I first uh, learned that um, I could be an artist was was really from my family. Um, I'm like from a big family, like three older siblings, three younger siblings. I'm in the middle and being Diné is like, we have cousins that are like cousin brothers, cousin sisters and honoring, you know, like our aunties and uncles and there are mom and dads and like grandmas and grandpas are, are there. So, um, yeah, I think it was just from them that I really um, grew into this role of like not just creating things, but also um, there's a certain responsibility to to being an artist and to um, to create things. So I think it was because of them that I really uh, shaped uh, my framework about um, how I approach art and um, how to like carry that knowledge with me as well because um I didn't go to school for it most of it is 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 pastoral knowledge and narratives that I inherited from my family and friends and and also just mentors and and yeah just like uh, continuing their ideas and thoughts and how it in- interacts with me and what kind of narratives do you break down in your work? Is there is there an approach you take um, in relationship to your identity or in relationship to your culture? Is there some some themes that come back over and over in your artwork? I guess it's just like um, it's I guess just my I could only just rely on my experiences and 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 not really speak. Um, or, or, in a way, I am a represent representative of my of the community I come from. But sometimes the the work that I create is is just um, is a reflection of of my experiences and how those in- experiences interact with narratives that I inherited. Is is you know like some some stories I do tell and others I I don't tell and just really giving my time to, to understanding it. Um, I feel like um, I'm part of a generation where we want to know everything and we're, we're thirsty, we're hungry. And um, with social media, it, it, there's no responsibility with, with, with technology. So mm-hmm. we, we always have that, that hunger for, for knowledge and to know things, but it's very different when we know thing we know things and then we understand things so i think that's where i, I am in my journey 
is is um just really giving myself patience and being more kinder and gentle to myself of of not just knowing things but understanding them and giving things a purpose and um, being more intentional with my time and um, I think that's what I really inherited from my elders and my uh, my community so I feel like uh, that's that's really reflective in and how I approach just the you know how I walk this earth mm. and do you have a like a studio or a physical space uh, where do you create your work it, like like what's what's a day in the life of your creative process um right now i'm getting ready to do this uh installation piece um at shallow gallery in gallup new mexico awesome. and um this one's gonna be featuring um other people's photos other people's souls and it's a private collection of uh, out-of-print, discarded, thrown-away photos of indigenous people and land. So um, lately, part of my days have been um, just collecting, um, you know, photos. Um, it's been an ongoing archiving that I've done um, for about four to five years. And um, I think how I approach... Um, the artistic framework is that uh, we always want to create things, but sometimes we, we don't want to um, to include things before us and to 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 honor um, where we come from. And um, part of that is is uh, I don't know. I, I try to stay curious and extremely um, selective to these photos that I've. I've just like collected and um it's not that i'm like subscribed to the idea that everything is interesting but eventually like a small number will be selective that will be the ideal for this pattern that i've chosen to to just collect and um how i got into to collecting was like i don't know i i see a problem i and sometimes i want to challenge that problem or like those microaggressions or those oppressions that we face or those paradigms that we set for us. And I, I don't know, I just feel more inclined to, to challenge those, those things. And um, so it's an archive that traces the formation and growth of indigenous people. And that could just be, you know, through land, space and time and resistance um, mostly against like imperialism, patriarchy, and colonization. So, um, but um, I feel like that's a, it's a very small glimpse of like my day as you know who I am because I also do uh, like work teaching kindergarten through fifth grade, and um, it's a collaboration with the Navajo culture teacher. So um, part of that work is is um, talking about food sovereignty and food access and, um, you know, like having a conversation with these, with the next generation that's going to be inheriting, um, you know, my generation, the generation before us, like their, um, their, their problems. Mm. So um, most of that is like really taking the time to, you know, like actively maintaining, renewing and revitalizing traditional knowledge and um, most of the curriculum that I've written is linking food, culture, health, and the environment 
And it's kind of like an eco-literacy um, way to, to introduce um, the next generation into to be more like mindful about how we walk this earth. And, and I, I think I really appreciate um, most of the, the knowledge that's enforced is, is nothing new. It's, it's, you know, it's from my grandma. It's like from our elders. And, and that's the amazing thing is that like, um, we don't really have to go far. We don't really have to, I guess, like, pay this much money or, or um, you know, waste four years of our life to get this degree. And, and sometimes it's just rebuilding our relationship with Mother Earth. And that entails, you know, reaching out to our family members. Like, I do understand, like, some, some people don't have, like, functional families and... And I don't think I've ever met anybody that has a functional family. <laughs> but it says it says a lot when we, you know, take that time for ourselves to to understand, you know, the the people we come from. And how has the reception been from the youth that you've been engaging with this kind of learning process? Um, how have they how have they been receiving it? Are they rejecting it or are they aligning? Are they getting it? Um, yeah, it's my second year teaching now, and they just love it. It's two components. The first component is during the winter time, and we learn about you know traditional food, like how we cook it, how it's prepared, using traditional culinary tools, and um, making different recipes, but also uh, making traditional recipes and adding more. Uh, flavors and more healthy foods to their taste palates so um, they of course like you know when food is presented like it's you know it it breaks so many barriers and <laughs> totally and when they understand you know like food has stories like seeds have stories and if we take the time to, to just listen like that's how we gain our knowledge like our pastoral and and our narratives that we inherit from the past generation and so of course like they they love it they they learn how to cook and um the second component is you know when the seasons change um it's recognizing ecological protocols and um relearning you know how to be you know i guess um how to how to you know be grateful and uh, how to be generous and how to ask for permission before taking and um, giving prayers and singing songs before we take things. Mm-hmm. So um, part of that is is just a school garden. Like that's our classroom. Like we we learn not only how to cook the food but also how to grow it. And that really breaks down the paradigms for them to to see like, oh, like I can learn math, not just from a pen and paper, but I can learn math by, you know, like counting leaves or counting seeds. And and that is like pretty amazing when you add more levels to it where like, oh, did you know these seeds, when you put them in water, they can dye yarn and they're just like, no way, that's that's amazing. And so we, we actually try to, to, to have these activities built into the curriculum where they do practice um, 
traditional knowledge and it's not so um, superficial. Hmm. And and does that does that work in teaching carry over into your kind of art making your artistic practice? Um, you take such a whole system approach to um, embedding indigenous knowledge in your teaching. Has that affected or reflected on your art making process at all? I guess. Oh yeah, I definitely. I think when I was younger, I just created just to create. But now um, I create, you know, for a reason. Um, most of it is just healing, you know. Part of the work I do with my students, like I do realize, like some of them are from single parent families or they're being raised by their grandparents. And sometimes they don't have a space or nobody will hold space for them to, you know, deal with all that um, emotion. So how I approach my art is like, you know, I, uh, I, how I take care of myself is also how I take care of other people. So right now, like, it's really therapeutic. It's, it's just like me on my journey to heal. And sometimes it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be beautiful. But um, I take it to like performance art and noise compositions. And I think that's how I release like... Um, all these like pent up and 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 just you know unhealthy um, reactions. So uh, I'd rather you know do something more healthy and constructive with it rather than um, you know pollute and destroy and burn bridges with you know like my family members or my friends. Can you um, share a story or time in your journey when you encountered like a big setback or experienced failure with your art and how did you navigate through that? How did you come out um, past that on the other side? Um, is there is there something you remembered that you really had to go through um, in your work and that you came out <laughs> on top? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's what I like about performance art. Um, I'm really nervous and I'm just like, oh, what if like nobody likes it or whatever. Um, it's just like this whole like crazy like mindset that I have no idea like where I learned it from or who I learned it from, but like it affects me so much where like, I don't think I want to do like this, this now, or, you know, like go through it. <clears throat> so there was this one time, um, I had to, to do a performance uh, piece, um, with music and loop pedals. And 
And um, um, it was during the time my like grandmother passed away. So I was like trying to deal and like cope. And um, the performance piece like um, was this uh, rug loom that I made and um, I put contact mics on to it. So you heard all the weaving noises from it. And um, I weaved, started weaving a rug. And um, I don't know, at the time I just like missed my, you know, my grandma, like my mom's mom. And I just like remember her weaving and hearing all the sounds that she would make from her loom. And I think it, it, it was, it only came to me at this certain time that I picked up weaving and picked up, you know, like to, to create a composition from weaving a rug. And, um, I started weaving it and the, everybody around me were, were from my community and they're just like, Whoa, that's amazing. It was during, um, the indie punk electro fest that Brad Charles, um, hosts. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that's, an amazing festival for the Southwest that supports indigenous people. And last year was like, oh, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. No, but, it's um, okay. But, but last year was like, you know, 21 bands and most of them were people of color and women. And I was just like, so proud to be like sharing that space and like, like, holy, like this is like an amazing time right now. Uh, I'd never seen a lineup like this before. So it's in conjunction with uh, the Navajo Nation Fair during um, Shiprock Northern Navajo Nation Fair. That's the oldest fair in the nation. And that's during um, harvest um, season. So it's a ceremonial practice where they have Yibichi dancers. And in conjunction, we're not a part of the fair, but it's in conjunction of the, of the time. So um, I... And I just helped um, um, support and and um, and right now I think it's like our seventh or sixth annual year, and uh, it'll be um, hosted again in Shabrock. Um, it's usually around October that happens, the end of September. And um, well, oh, um, back to my story. This so at this festival, that's when I I played this loom, and. Um, at the time, I was just like in a bad mood, and I was just like, oh, I don't know if I want to play. Like, I shouldn't play at all. Like, I'm not in the proper mindset. But as soon as I like started touching the the strings, and you could hear, um, you know, the vibrations from it, it just like shot me back to the time with my grandma, and I was like, what? Like, mm. I I need to to continue this. So. I started playing, like not playing, uh, but weaving the rug, and then, and then at the end, I think my breaking moment was just like I, I just like started, stopped weaving and started tearing out the the strings, all the, the the wefts that I, I I I weaved into it and started pulling them out, and of course it was like really like dramatic when you hear. Um, a reaction like that to see that reaction but also to hear it like it was just screeching and screaming and um that's how i ended the performance and and my whole like 
experience during that was just like heart wrenching. I was like, man, like uh, I don't want to be in that space anymore. And I was just like totally down. But then at the end of the performance, everybody's like, what? Like I'd never seen anything like that. And it was so beautiful. Like, even though it was out of chaos, like there's beauty in it. Yeah, sometimes you have to go through all of those emotions, all of that process as part of the performance in order to like realize that you not only gave yourself self a gift, but like you gave the people there a gift as well. Yeah, of course. I and I, I appreciate that. So, thank you. of work what kind of work are you doing right now aside from um the installation work are you are you uh, doing any music or performative work that you're excited about um let's see um right now um i am writing a couple pieces with a violin i just learned how to play the violin like it's been ongoing for like two years and this is like my third year, but, um, uh, this is all like self-taught and just like, um, I just grew like, uh, a love and fascination with it. And, um, my friend Laura Ortman, um, uh, just introduced me to her work. Like, I don't know, it was just so long ago, like 2009 or 2010 before she released her album. And I was just like, Oh my God. So, um, yeah, I've, I've gone back to, to writing compositions with a violin. Um, my first composition, I think it was like my first and only composition now, um, was played at the, the, um, Native American musician apprenticeship program. Um, Raven Chacon is, um, one of the collaborators with other music teachers that teach, um, high school students music composition in high school and uh, to comp- at the at the end of the class uh, um, semester like the students learn how to you know create and write their first composition and then have it played by a professional quartet wow yeah so were you a student or you were you one of the people working in collaboration with the students um, it was me and another friend, Kino Benali, DJ Bezo. And we, yeah, we just thought like, we're not high school students, but we don't know how to, you know, like write music too. So, um, it's really awesome to, to have that challenge. And, and, uh, I take in, um, music composition or just like, you know, high school band. That's mm-hmm. as far as I went with, with music composition. But after that, um, yeah, a Raven Raven just approached us and he was just like, yeah, you guys should just write and submit something. So we were the two that were like his his uh, um, apprentices. So it was, it was really cool to, to be a part of that and, and to have like our first uh, composition played too. 
What? How did that make you feel hearing your music played in that way? Um, I don't know. It kind of just like validated, you know, a sense of like you understand music, not just performing it, but also um, intentionally um, respecting these tools. But they can also be instruments as well, and um, you know, just like your relationship to it is is um, something that that should be developed and nurtured and um yeah i, I think it, it just like really uh helped me realize like I, I need to you know nurture my creativity and nurture um my skill sets of how i want to make art and and be more intentional about it too mm. and how do you keep your creative spark what keeps you fascinated what keeps me fascinated is um, learning um, just like what type of experiences that that follow, you know, certain types of artwork or certain uh, stories that follow those works as well. Um, I think the shock factor is just like um, like a physical, like it. it like only in that space and time that um, the shock factor is there. But once you start to learn more about it and try to to not know more about it, but to like understand more about it, like I think that's what like really creates that spark within me to to learn more and and you know just like respect things too. Mm. Yeah. Are there other people in your community um, that you approach? bouncing ideas off of and working with um, in collaboration with your art? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's how, you know, I, I became an artist. Um, I look at it as like a social engineer, you know, like. <laughs> awesome. It's like you, you, you want to support uh, the environment around you and, and also the people from that environment. And um, I think that's how like I, I first started playing music was like with with, with collaborating um, with this whole like Southwest support system. And I, that's like, you know, like I wanna like name drop like Beso, <laughs> DJ Beso and his sister Tatiana Benali and um, also from Gallup, you know, FOF, the Foundations of Freedom Dance Studio, you know, Patrick Burnham and Defy, Wake Self, Randy, and um, even with uh, Chapter House Records, like Greg Yazi and Becky, they really like um, honored where we came from in the land but also like they they want to support each other and i think like it's throughout history there's always been those like those pockets of communities where they supported each other and they made it big or they just supported each other so much that they that they they all reached their goals in in making like profound artworks so um i think like without them like like i I'm still like on my journey to 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 make more things. Mm, yeah, it feels like um, 
there's such a balance between being radical and also like paying honor and respect to your community and traditions. And um, it seems like there's something happening in the generation that's alive and activated right now where like balance is being found and and like all those names that you dropped like I can see that balance in them that strength and um have you noticed this I mean have you noticed that there's something special happening right now specifically oh, yeah. where you're at where you're where you're from where yes your people are? <laughs> oh my god of course everything's so hot right now like <laughs> Everybody is just like, it's lit, you know, like it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, like even when we first started, we just were so like attracted to each other. Like even the discotheques, like Brad Charles and Hanson, like they, they were like the kind of just like pioneers of just being the first queer, you know, indigenous musicians. And they, they, you know, they, they had like, no apologies about it and i think that's like what really um captivated me to to the online platforms um that really supported and nurtured that that scene as well and that like really introduced me to probably like some of the like the greatest like friends that i've ever had um you know like with with connecting with other indigenous people that that don't live in this area, but they're from this area, or they they understand um, being indigenous, and it helps really um, build a connection. So, like, I want to shout out to um, to Grace Rosario Perkins. She's amazing, and she's like she's like my mother. Like, holy crap! Like, <laughs> she's like in her thirties and. She's just holding it down in the Bay Area with Black Salt Collective. And that collective's like, you know, fully like POC, women of color, and just intense and unapologetic. And just like, they're done. Like they're they're calling out museums right now. Just like, you know what? Like, where's the accountability? And I'm just like, yes, like, this is what I need right now. I like, I don't know. I I just love that, and um, I, I I feel like um, that work is is art in itself. Where to to skillfully and 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 artistically like approach these conversations and dialogue um, does take some craft. How do you navigate pushing back um, through your art as a as a person who um, who is queer? Some of it is just like um, I could be like really tactful and and you know just like really represent you know oh like I'm a queer Navajo guy and and 
um, you know, like really sell that, like put that in my art and like in a way just take advantage of that opportunity and just be like, yeah, this is queer. That's queer. Everything's queer. Um, not to say that's bad or anything, but like that totally mirrors, um, you know, our environment that, that that's what nature is. Like there's species and plants that are queer and, you know, just like our whole solar system doesn't really have to have this, this like set standards that's in this Western gaze of male, female. Um, I think the important part is like identifying as queer is just, it's like there's special magic that comes with it. And sometimes queer people don't, um, don't really recognize that magic until um, they realize like uh, their role models. And, and, and I think that's a special part of being human is like once we realize like our, our responsibilities and our roles, um, like the sky's the limit. Like we, we are more intentional about the work we do. And, um, and I know for me, like being queer um, really sets, or not sets, but it, it kind of like redefines my own standards of, of like how to be an artist or um, I guess the standards that were set before me, like I am totally like at liberty to, to redefine them and not just by myself, but like with, you know, family members, with, with my partner, with, with my community. And I think that's, that's why I'm really attracted to, um, to people that are honest with themselves because um, being queer, it's, it's, it's just like, we have to live up to, you know, like we have to be honest with ourselves. Mm. And how do you navigate, um, how do you navigate living in the place where you do as a queer person that is, uh, it's a smaller community. If I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to understand like the demographics of where you live and the relationship and closeness you have to uh, your traditional connection to place and how being radical and queer and um, punk, like um, how the how the elder generations um, receive or reject you and how do you navigate that space, I guess. Oh yeah, it's 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 like actually you know transformative work. Like as you change communities, you're also changing yourself. And part of that is is you know like really not just being honest with yourself, but like really um, have that accountability of honoring your relationships with with everyone around you. And part of that is 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 having those weird, awkward moments. You know, like. I think like my my grandma, uh, I just inherited from her just like so much strength and generosity and compassion, and I think that's what I really identify with indigenous queer people is that we have like so much compassion for ourselves and each other. So coming from Gallup, New Mexico, it's a border town that has so many, I guess. 
historical context that, that really um, sets the statistic standards of alcoholism and domestic violence and um, and uh, and and I think one of it's like one of the the highest counties um, it's part of one of the highest counties that have like you know indigenous people prisoned so um talking about in the prison industrial complex and how that works with sovereign nations like navajo nation like um it's just um really like a money maker as a border town to accept you know people that break the law and part of these these um these statistics are are really just are really just uh What's the word? They're symptoms of colonization. They're symptoms of Western patriarchy. And um, for me, like being, you know, like the most like hated person ever in that like framework, um, how I navigate that is just like, I think that's, that's where I take my skills into, you know, teaching kindergarten through fifth grade and and it's it's really like just you know working with my community and i've yet to to experience like backlash or 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 hate crime i get the occasional like like whatever like name calls or whatever but um i think uh, it it definitely opens the conversation about um the violence against Native people, but also homeless Native people um, in Gallup and um, border town violence um, that really uh, sustains um, colonization and all these like really um, unhealthy uh, ways of living. And um, part of that is changing par- people's paradigms. It's really transformative to a point to to talk to actually you know um, share a space with somebody that that doesn't want to understand and all they want to say is like oh I know this like all right I already know that like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. they're just like well that that happened to you so long ago that happened to your people so long ago like why don't you guys get over it and it's just like they know all of these things, but they don't really want to understand that. So um, part of my job is like they, they are part of my community and I don't have to explain to them. I don't have to take up that role. But, you know, if I truly like want to to be honest uh, with my community, like they're 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 included they're they're their perspectives, their experiences is an inclusion to making, you know, our community more richer. So um, in a way, it's it's kind of just like being optimistic, but mm-hmm. but being Navajo is just like, we, we always have to strive for that balance and like, you know, think things in a good way and our thoughts have to be, our thought process had to be in a good way. And how, what advice would you give to people um, in communities similar to yours that are experiencing lateral violence um and i know it happens often you know how what's some advice that you might be able to share with people um to combat that type of violence that comes from 
from their own crew, from their own um, community that um, have gone through trauma that just can't process it in an optimistic or positive way? Um, I think part of that is, is um, you know, re- rebuilding relationships, um, not just with ourselves, but like, you know, with Mother Earth and the environment around us really calls out um, our spiritual spirituality factor and how we view our, our faith in ourselves and with others. And, um, you know, like faith has a lot to do with our passions and, and how far we want to go with them. Mm-hmm. So I think the important or not important, but just something worth sharing is just, um, you know, just, I guess, walk your talk you know, like, be the example. Um, if you don't see it, then be it kind of thing. And it's just, um, it's a tall order, you know. Um, it's, it's nothing to mess around with. But at the same time, you, I, I've seen so many um, queer indigenous um, mentors that really taken that and and really made it their own and they just like make it seem so fun. They're just like, yeah, like, yeah, like it's it's a symptom like violence, like alcoholism is a symptom of colonization. But you know, we could still have our dance parties. We could still be beautiful. Like we could still make our own shit. But you know, like these are just symptoms. They can be cured. And part of that is you know honoring our souls like we're emotional beings like we we really need to to up our game on our mental health and our spiritual health and sometimes physical health like um is is has this like this 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 uh this balance that we have yet to to not master and i'm, I'm not saying like balance is like the answer to everything and once we reach the mountaintop everything's gonna be like better but (laughs) but the the balance is like maintaining it you know like it's it's just something you have to live with you have to survive and you have to keep at it you have to work at it and not just give up What advice would you give to yourself 10 years ago? What if, um, probably, um, it's like, um, advice. I think that what really helped me start this path is just knowing or not knowing, but giving your time, um, just be gentle with yourself, more kinder with yourself and, and, identifying that relationship with our body and land 
and and you know like it if you can't um, heal yourself, then how can you heal the land and making it more of a of a relationship rather than um, you know like oh it's our job like we're stewardess and we have to do this uh, for the environment. It's mostly like you know like, we have to do this because like it saves us like our souls. And what are you most proud of? Most proud of um, just the people that are willing to hold space for me, and to and I can hold space for them. And you know, I I try to think about um, not being um, the product of of Western culture. You know, it's it's all about disposability. It's all about you know. You know, like, well, what can I get out of you, kind of thing. Mm. And I think um, I'm mostly proud of like maintaining these relationships with with like really good-hearted people, and and being surrounded by them too. It's like something to to be proud of, but also like something I have to honor. You know, like being part of a support system that that really like supports you is like um, sometimes the accountability is just like, oh, I have to get out of bed today. And, you know, just like show up, that's, that's something that, that I can, can definitely do for somebody. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what is your dream project? If there were no restrictions on time or money, what would you create? Um, Oh my gosh, like... I don't know, like, I guess this, this, it's part of, like, movement building. It's just, like, you know, nurturing and supporting um, artists and musicians. And and even if people don't have, like, artists or musician skills, like, they, they can still be part of it, too. I think shared experiences are healing, and that's what ceremony is it's shared experiences of and the intention of healing so i'd really like to to do like i don't know like traditional foods and and cultural revitalization but uh not so romanticized i like to do like residencies and those residencies aren't just about you know, me taking up space, but I am inviting artists to take up space with me during a residency. Like, that's amazing. You know, just just uh, helping people stop hurting, you know. This is your soapbox moment. If you could say one thing to the world, to the universe, um, to human beings all over the planet, and this was your forum, your opportunity, what would you want to say? I guess through the platform of that this is all, um, you know, present right now, I'm talking to a computer that's connected to another human being talking through their microphone and, you know, just trying to be present about, you know, the complexities we have on social media and 
presenting a false image, like all of that is is really it, like evolving um, to this conversation that I hope we all engage in. Is, um, you know, we have technology freedom, but we should really um, talk about you know technology responsibility and how I see like academic freedom has a say in in what indigenous people should learn or not learn and also extracting um, our knowledge that freedom should also be you know hand in hand with academic responsibility so part of what I'm trying to say is is like we we all have um, roles and responsibility responsibilities set for us uh, maybe not now but as we grow into the person we want to be like um, we should really realize like um, those roles and responsibilities and and make it at our own mm-hmm.